0: Hello and welcome to So You Think You Can Rule Persia, the podcast where we rate and review all the kings of Persia from diocese to Yazdegerd III. I'm Sariel and my pronouns are they them. And I'm Umbertha my pronouns are he
1: him. So hello everybody and welcome to episode 57. Guess what? It's another Vologases, this time it's Volagases the fifth. So we're continuing strong on these is. Let's see how many we get to. So, Serial, what do you remember from
0: last time? Any strong memories? Well, yes, because it was yesterday actually that we yes, recorded. That helps. <laughs> so it was I was gonna say really, really disappointing. No, it wasn't disappointing. It was there was a huge lack of sources, but the interesting kind, which is it's not that people weren't bothering to write, but apparently someone in the future is not interested in making this particular dynasty look good. So they got yes. rid of all a lot of sources. And among fire, death and plague and war we actually managed to consolidate part of the empire and conquer some more, despite coming from a usurpation. So, like, orchestrating a coup to get this king, Volugasis IV, on the throne. Mm-hmm. And also in a throne of an empire that was currently, like, doing badly again. Yes. So not only was it, like, brought up and made stable under a ruler that, like, usurped the throne, but also expanded despite war with Rome and plague that was everywhere. The Antonine
1: Plague is a lot. It is terrible. But we still managed to survive and do something reasonable, which is nice. So, yeah, I'll just quickly recap, although you did cover most things, but essentially, Volagasi the fourth. Took the throne in a usurpation. He either killed the king or just the king died at the correct moment. So Velagasis managed to take the throne. Good on him. He then started the first offensive war against the Romans in Parthian history. It went well enough at the start, but then the Antonine Plague hit. So everybody just had to retreat and the capitals were sacked again, which sucks. But hey,
2: Hmm. what
1: are we going to do about it? At the same time, though, he managed to gain control of the whole Persian Gulf of Oman and Bahrain. And after that, he managed to rule a stable United Kingdom for the next 44 years without any usurpers or anybody trying to overthrow him. So yeah, like that's what was doing was a good <laughs> thing.: In fact, we gave him Shahan Shah.: Yes, we did give him Shahanshah Shah for this because there's like a whole generation of people living through his reign and knowing mostly peace and doing well enough. So that's good. I like that. That's positive. Now, Serial, do you think that today's protagonist, the V, is going to do a good job, bad job? What do you think? Do you think we'll continue the slow upward trend? We're going to have a nice big up spike, big down spike? What are your thoughts? Well...
0: It starts from a f- good place because Volgases the Fourth left everything actually really well tied for the succession, which was also yes, like the I'm a big fan nice of Succession was nice and clean and perfectly exactly. set up. Yes, he had everything prepared. The thing is, I don't know how his son is. I don't know if he cares about continuing the empire. If he's, you know, um, and I know. That some other dynasty comes in at a later point and like destroys all of this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So do you have the feeling this is the moment the cracks uh, that's, what show, I, like, or? that's what I'm trying to gather. If it's like, does it happen here or do we st- still have like one or two more people? Because I can't remember what the political situation was, apart from the nobles being the nobles and Rome being annoying. The nobles have been relatively stable for the past. Yeah, because 40 because years. IV the Fourth knew how to.
1: Yeah, play will them, they continue is... to be stable yeah. afterwards? That's a valid question.
0: Hmm. I don't know. I guess if things were going wonderfully and we entered another golden age now, it wouldn't be what it is with the like future usurpation. So I'm going to say things are going to go badly again.
1: Okay, so we're continuing bouncing
0: <laughs> up and down
1: where we get yeah. a good king. Hooray! And there's like, oh, everything's on fire again. A good king. Hooray! Oh, no, everything's on fire again. So, okay, fair enough. Let's see if that happens. Okay, so let's get to Volagasi's the fifth the well, V was the son of the IV, so we're continuing along the new branch of the Arsacid family tree, the old family that was ruling up until two episodes ago. That one just keeps around, but it's no longer on the throne of the King of Kings. We have this new branch which is doing its job. Hmm. And uh, yeah, so Volagases V was, as a young man, he seemed to have been trusted enough by his father. That eventually, when there came a time to select a king of Armenia after Commodus became emperor... Oh, yeah. V was chosen as king of Armenia. So they thought that he was worth the job. Or at least he was found an agreeable enough candidate between the Romans and the Parthians that, yes, he should become king. So that's nice. He gets to have some practice as ruler of Armenia for a while. But then, in September of 191 we start to get coins of our Volagasy's together with those of his father. So this suggests that eventually Volagasy's V was made co-king with his father, and they rule together for a few months. Presumably, Volagases then just left the throne of Armenia to another member of their second family. So he co-rules with his father for a while, and then in March 192, Volagases IV dies, and our boy becomes the sole ruler of the empire at last. So he's not... Hmm. Fully green. He's had time to govern Armenia. Let's see how he does with the whole empire. That'd be interesting. Sounds like a good start. Yes. Now, can you guess where the first problem comes from, Serial? Armenia. No, not quite. Strangely enough, it's not Armenia this time.
0: Rome, It's actually
1: just the Romans, yes.
0: Okay, yeah. Because I'm like one of the two. And if we've just left Armenia, maybe I'm like, you know. Yes. Because world-class gladiator and part-time
1: Emperor Commodus has been assassinated. So, Rome is in a succession crisis and they need to figure out who's emperor. One guy got made emperor straight after, but he got murdered. The empire went to a guy who bought it. Now there's three people fighting over the core of the empire. It's a mess. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And so Volagasius thinks, okay, let's get on the action. We lost a bit of land to the Romans last king, so it'd be nice to get it back. Maybe if we support one of these pretenders, we can get some of this land back, and, well, we have good relations with Rome, we don't have to fight any long, expensive wars. We can just get some concessions now, without really risking much ourselves, and, hey, we get a friend on the Roman throne. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Wonderful. So in the early stages, in the East, there was a claimant called Pescennius Niger, who was rallying the eastern legions against the western forces of the new emperor Severus. So Vuligasis and some other minor kings in the east of the Euphrates offered their support to Pescennius Niger, and they said, hey, have our soldiers, you can march on Rome with them. When you become emperor, you can find a way to thank us. So Everybody's very optimistic, but Niger decides that, no, I can just win without these forces. He does like Vespasian did, About a hundred years before, he says, no, I don't need Parthian support. I can just become emperor on my own. I don't want to owe anything to anyone as soon as I become emperor. Hmm. Which, you know, reasonable enough, but, you know, can you afford it? Well, what happens is that Niger could not afford it. Oh, well. Because he quickly finds himself on the back foot against the legitimate emperor Severus. And Niger flees to the east and starts asking everybody for support, saying... Remember that time you offered me some soldiers? Please, can I have them now? I am in trouble. I am in so, so much trouble. (laughs) Help, help, please help. Oh, God. Yes. yes. So some of the minor kings, including the vassal kingdom of Hatra, which was a vassal of the Parthians and had resisted Trajan quite well during his raid. Some of these little vassals send some uh, soldiers to Niger just to see how it all goes and what will happen, while at the same time... Many of the Roman vassal kings just stay out of it and say, we'll just see who wins, we don't really care. Just fight it out, don't interfere with our politics. Well, Valigasi's promised to collect his army, but as soon as he managed to gather an army large enough to do anything, Niger was defeated and lost the civil war. Now, we're told that Niger tried to escape to Parthia but failed... But it looks like at least some of his men made it all the way to Volgases, so that's all right. But okay, well now Volagassi's has gathered an army to try and support his Roman pretender. But the war is over, so what are we doing with this army? Oops. Any thoughts, Ariel?
0: You pay them. You would just pay them and tell them to go home and just. I mean. Get nothing. I don't know. Do we have any other like threats that are happening?
1: I mean, the Kushans are being threatening in the east. It seems to have calmed down
0: recently, but, you know, you never know. What do the soldiers say? Are they like, yeah, we're here, you know, this is our job? Or are they like, oh my god, this has been going on for 20 years, we're going to go home? Because that's big Well,
1: these are generally... The Parthian army works sort of like a feudal system, kind of. There are differences, but generally what happens is that each noble brings up a number of... Soldiers. Each noble has a bunch of permanent retainers that they carry with them that are experienced soldiers. And then there's a bunch of peasants that have been given weapons and told, okay, come and fight.
0: Mm. He probably disbanded them.
1: Well, the problem is that he could disband them, but now he's used all the authority to just gather them together. And if he just stops, then... Oh, I see.
0: So, like, we need, like, a purpose.
1: Yeah, we need a purpose now, because... Well, the Mm -hmm. nobles have had their peasants just be armed for the last few months, so they haven't been tending the fields. So we're going to lose all that revenue. So we need to find a way to justify that with, Right, so
0: who are we attacking?
1: Rome. (laughs) Of course. Fun. But you will like how he goes about it. Okay. Because while the civil war was uh, fizzling out, and the Roman Emperor Severus was taking control of all the little pockets of the resistance that were in the east, the tried to take Roman vassal kingdoms away by sponsoring revolts there, and uh, he even went on to attack the Roman city of Nisibus, which had previously been controlled by Niger. But when he got to Nisibus, he found out that, well, the civil war was over, and Severus had won everything. There was nothing left. It was done. Hmm. So, the sent a letter to Severus saying... Hey, great news. I was attacking the vassals of your rival Niger. Can I keep them, please? Thank you very much, signed Volagases. Now, Severus was not terribly amused by the fact that Volagasius had taken Roman vassals and said, Yeah, but they were your rival's vassals, so I can keep them. Severus thought, No, these are Roman vassals, and I am the Roman emperor, so that means that they are mine. So off we go to war. War with Rome once again. Mm. In spring 195, Severus crossed the Euphrates with his army and set up headquarters in Nisibis, while he re established control over some of the vassal kingdoms that were lost. He even establishes a new Roman province of Osroene in Mesopotamia, so he is taking another bite out of Mesopotamia, slowly encroaching eastwards.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then Severus was just about to invade Parthia itself and, you know, pull another Trajan. <laughs> but a pretender in the west called for his attention, so Severus left. He left some garrisons and said, okay, let's let's leave. Volagases used this period of Roman weakness to retake the northern Mesopotamian lands, besiege Nisibis, and potentially even put a relative of his on the Armenian throne. It's unclear, but, you know, he was messing with that. But just as Volgases thought that, okay. Let's maybe try and push into Syria and see what else we can get. He received some bad news, because Jessica arrived to him and said, Hey, dear Valagassies, so you remember the east of the empire? Yeah, we still have that, that's good. The problem is that information on the Roman war has arrived in the east, and the successes of Severus have triggered a wave of unrest, especially among Medians and Persians, and they're rebelling whoops so maybe come deal with that please yeah. if we lose persia you will no longer be a protagonist of the podcast if we lose so maybe persia don't. we lose
0: persia like that's <laughs> yes
1: yeah <sighs> so maybe let's not do that also this is the first time in forever since like the mithridates that we are hearing about the Kingdom of Persia being active. It seems to have been a relatively chill place so far, Hmm. but now they're actually actively rebelling and trying to get their independence. Heck, okay. So, concerning. Let's see how it goes. So, yeah, Valigasi gathers his army that he was hoping to use against the Romans, but says, okay, fine, I'd rather keep Persia than take Roman lands. So, he arrives all the way to Coruscant, where he faces an open battle. He gathers in front of all the rebel forces. It looks like he had a slightly larger army than his rivals.
0: Mm-hmm. But the problem is that he made a strategic mistake Oh, in this battle. Well, these are the best kinds of battles to see when strategically there's a mistake or there is a a really good strategy being used. And then you're like, wow. With how chaotic war is and how a lot of it is left to luck, it's cool when like... You know, there's an explanation to how things go. Yeah,
1: it's nice to see. Oh, yes, this was the reason the battle went that way. We now know. This is
0: something that I feel, at least for me, this is one of the few appeals that war has in like a historical sense. Yeah. (laughs) One of the very, very few, because I'm not, I'm not a fan. Um, Not even of wars that happened millennia ago, but, you know. This is more of a strategy game, so I can get behind that.
1: Yeah, it's thousands of years ago, and we get to look at the cool flourishes the people did, so it's fine. But yeah, so what happened is that Volagasy's crossed over a small river in the area of the battle. But once he got there, he had the river to his back. So the rebel army quickly surrounded his own. He was surrounded on all sides, and he could only retreat through a river, which is always a terrible Sign because that means that most people can't swim in this time period unless they live, you know, on the coast or need swimming for their regular lives. So, if you have to cross a river while running from an enemy in armor, that's not going to end well. So, what happens is that Velagasi is attacked, he is surrounded on all sides, and that means that his men are forced to abandon many of their horses and retreat. Some of them try to follow through the river, some of them drown there. And others try to escape through the mountains, but they are captured by rebels and killed. But fortunately for Volgazes himself, during this retreat, he managed to gather together a group of men that could still be grouped into a fighting force. Hmm. And he attacked the rebels who were running after them, all disorganized, thinking that they'd won and it was over. Mm -hmm. So Volgazes managed to sort of take a bit of a victory from this unpleasant situation and you know defeat the rebels roughly overall we'll take it yeah also i don't know if this is the case if this was actually a mistake it could be an actual just mistake and it happened but it might also be a feigned retreat which the parthians tend to often do
0: Mm -hmm.
1: where it's like they pretend to retreat oh no run yeah and then when they're in an advantageous position they attack and defeat the enemy right yeah So it could be this, but the fact that he had the river to his back and everything sounds more like an actual mistake he made the best of.
0: Okay, yeah. Because knowing the situation, maybe you wouldn't have willingly used this technique here.
1: Yeah, exactly. It could have been better, but who knows. Not so advantageous. Okay, so he managed to defeat the rebel army seriously enough that they are forced to retreat back to Persia and Media. And he can deal with the Roman situation again, because it's starting to hot up. He is seeing that conveniently for both rulers, the Roman usurper is being defeated roughly at this time when Valigasi is defeating his own rebels. So they need to focus back up on the Euphrates border and see what's going on there. But keep in mind that Persia and Media are still going to remain a little bit spicy for a while. The situation isn't over. Something will come of it. So, who knows? Foreshadowing. Volgassus then marched over to the west, and while he was there, he saw that his vassal kingdom of Adiabene was looking a bit too friendly to the Romans, Mm -hmm. and they hadn't sent soldiers to help with the Persian rebellion. So, what does this mean? Guys, are we still friends? So Volgassis just decided to invade Adiabene, destroy several cities, and then when he captured the rebellious vassal king, he personally drowned him in the local river. Uh, Yeah. So he does not take kindly to not RSVPing to his Hmm. war invite. Learn your lesson. But now it's time for Roman War round two. Severus is back. What are we doing? Well, the Romans sent an army to threaten the king of Armenia into submission, which seems to have worked. It's still Arsacid ruler, but they've accepted to bow before Rome. And then in spring 198, the Romans head over to Nisbis, where the Parthian besiegers retreated without a fight. Volgases had left some soldiers there to besiege the city, but they hadn't made progress in the past years. As we will see... Dozens of episodes from now, Nisibis is a really hard nut to crack. It's like they had to use chemical warfare to get in. Wow.
0: When they actually do, it's a, it's a lot, Sarah. Okay, so it is terrifying. How come? Like because of the geography, or or
1: yeah, it's the structure of the city and the geography because it is a very well fortified city. It has big, powerful, thick walls, and also it's sort of in the middle of a deserty trade route. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to maintain a large army around it for long periods of time because you d- you just need to get people out for water and you know it's an oasis city so the oasis is inside and they have the water you don't. So if you're trying mm-hmm. to take it, it's complicated. And then it's just sort of on the edge between the two empires so it can be easily reinforced by either side really. So it's really hard to actually make meaningful advances inside this city without being fully defeated. And then the thing is that since they are on the border, they just make sure all their defenses are extremely up to spec and everything is perfect. So, you know, they have a whole system of tunnels under the walls to try and stop the enemy from tunneling under the walls and collapsing them. Mm -hmm. And so this is a whole thing. And just to mention the chemical warfare thing, this will be in about a hundred years, but essentially by burning some sulfurous material... In these tunnels, the two sides try and sort of choke out the enemy sappers, the enemy underminers, so that all these underground tunnels are unusable, and at least your side can get an edge on the other ones and either try and collapse the walls or collapse the tunnels trying to collapse the walls. Okay. So it's very complicated. Nisbis is a really intense city. You will not forget it. It'll come up forever. (laughs) And uh, yeah, in this case... Nisibis once again resists siege. The Romans are now marching through that area. It also looks like Severus was accompanied by a brother of Vuligaces. So maybe a pretender trying to take the throne from the legitimate king? Who knows? But uh, this brother led the Romans all the way to the Euphrates and crossed the river. And not only that, but he managed to guide them all the way to the capital cities of Seleucia and Tessaphon. So that was not great. And what does Volgasis do? Volagasy's retreats. Huh. Now, we're not sure why, because again, limited sources because of things that will happen soon. Right. But it's likely that Volagases was still dealing with the aftermath of the rebellion in Persia and Media. So he still had to deal with that and said... Yeah, sure, I guess you can burn Mesopotamia to the ground. I'd need to make sure I keep the empire together and it doesn't splinter into a million pieces. Or maybe the Kushans were acting up in the east. We're not really sure, but whatever the case is, the Parthian army withdraws from uh, Seleucia and Babylon, which eventually the Romans sack, of course. Again, Hmm. leading to the decline of these cities, which are now terminally towards the end of their inhabited life. Hmm. Despite the Romans having taken Seleucia, Tessaphon, the capital, has been sort of fortified a little bit with the army that hadn't stopped uh, to fortify Mesopotamia. So they're trying to at least protect the capital because it's embarrassing when the enemy burns their capital to the ground. That's not fun. But nonetheless, the Romans managed to take the city and with no reinforcements coming from Volgases, Tessaphon itself falls. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, this gives Severus the title of Parthicus Maximus, and Voligasius himself has to flee east into Iran with a few retainers, hoping to maintain the empire in order. Hmm. During the sack of the city, there is a general massacre of the male population, and roughly 100,000 women and children are enslaved and carried off to Rome. So, not good, not fun. yeah. Vologases is having a terrible time. It was nice having stability for those 40 years. Not anymore.
0: Oh, <laughs> well. Did as much as he could. Yeah.
1: But as they often do, the Romans did not stay for long. And they didn't really follow Vologases to the east because, well, it was complicated to maintain supply lines. And, you know, they just ransacked the city. The emperor got a new title. We can go home. It's fine. So Severus decided to march up the Tigris River on his way back to Roman territory. And just like Trajan, he had decided to attack the city of Hatra, which had defeated Trajan about 80 years earlier. And uh, also, they had an, a very rich temple. So, you know, if the Romans could loot the temple, that's always nice for them, isn't it? You know, get something for the wife back home. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Just a gift, you know. You know, just something, nothing big, you know. I just ransacked a city and I thought of you, so let's go. But just like before, the Hattrans managed to put up a brilliant resistance, which I will describe to you because they were cool and they did a good job. So, you know, props to them. Apparently, the Hattrans even almost killed the Roman Emperor because they had devices that shot two arrows at once, and they killed several of the emperor's private guards while he was just standing right there. Which must have concerned the emperor a little bit, since the men around you were just dropping. But there we go. So yeah, the Hatrins generally threw jars of burning naphtha, which was basically early Greek fire, and poisonous insects onto the attackers, which not a fun time to be in. Also, Hatra is another one of these semi-desert cities where it's hard to supply, so the Romans constantly need to send small detachments of soldiers out to resupply their forces. Mm -hmm. But whenever they did that, the cavalry from Hatra just picked off these soldiers one by one when they went off in these tiny groups, so that either the Romans lost men or they did not get supplies. Either time, it's troublesome. But we're told that at some point, the Romans made a breach in the walls of Hatra. But it was close to the end of the evening. The sun was setting. So Severus decided that they could go tomorrow morning. He wanted to avoid a full sack. He wanted to make it easier to Mm. just divide the spoils and get them in the imperial treasury. If it's all just indiscriminate pillaging and looting, that's going to be unpleasant. Let's just regroup and be calm the next day. Well, what happened is that during the night, the Hotrins rebuilt the walls. Oh. Where the Romans <laughs> no. had made a gap. So they were like, uh, run, run, quickly. <laughs>
0: Our lives depend on this. This is like defending your little corner in the communal canvas of Reddit. The, what is it called? Ah, yes. I know what you mean. The oh, name. my God. R slash place. Remember. Yes, R slash place. Yeah, defending your little territory in R slash place. One pixel <laughs> at a time. Yes, basically this. Someone defaces it, and then you have yeah. to rebuild
1: it. <laughs> and yeah, so when the Romans woke up, they thought, okay, easy day today, we just march into the city and take it. And they saw that, oh no, the walls are back up. Uh <laughs> fine. And it also looks like there was a miscommunication, because some of the Romans just followed the attack order. And just tried to march into the city, but they couldn't because the walls were back up. So they all got murdered by the Hatrans who just managed to keep their city safe and sound. So, hooray, Hatras saved. The people don't get to be ransacked by the Romans. That's positive. (laughs) That's nice. (laughs) Let's take our Uh. victories where we can get them. But yeah, so after this last defeat, Severus retreats back to Syria where he concludes peace with Volagas and... The piece is generally, let's just stay how things are. What Severus had done is he had taken a few vassal kingdoms between the Tigris and the Euphrates. And we just added those to the empire, but otherwise, we're not making any changes. Armenia is still a Roman puppet. Let's go with that.
0: Yeah, I guess.
1: And, yeah, Volgases. the fact that he didn't do anything when Hatra was being besieged Or when his capital was being burnt and ransacked and a 100,000 of his people were being deported to Rome as slaves. You know, that. That suggests that Iran was in a terrible shape because the Persian and Median revolts was still going on. And yeah, he won that one battle a while ago, like half won it. But now everything was going downhill and it's kind of problematic. And this is when... Our sources fail us, because we hear nothing more from Parthia. Oh no. Because the Romans are engaged with their whole Caracalla craziness. Hmm. And in Parthia, it's relatively good news that we don't hear much, because we don't hear of any usurpers. So that's good, there's nobody challenging Vuligasi's for the throne. But also we know that there are the smoldering embers of a revolt of a pretty massive revolt still going on. So how well are we doing? What's going on here? Yeah, so we can assume that in these later years, Balagasi's probably, his main job was trying to convince the nobles and his vassals that he was the right man for the job, despite having, you know, suffered one of the worst rebellions in recent memory after 40 years of stability. And after being hit really hard by the Romans. Again, if your capital is sacked, that's not good for you at any time. And yeah, in the end, it looks like either Volgases didn't have as good a succession plan as his father, or he died more unexpectedly, because in 208, Volgases died and was succeeded by his son, who was of course called the VI. But the problem is that another son of Volgases five, a man called Artabanus, thought that he deserved the throne. So it's back to Civil War time, Serial. I hope you're ready because things mm. are getting spicy. Oh, God. So that is the life of Volagases the fifth.
0: Thoughts? A bit short, <laughs> sadly. Yeah, yeah. For the, the lack of sources and like the entire second half. Yeah, or the lack
1: of sources is again last
0: third. or The
1: Romans aren't connecting and this will be scrubbed out for the future. Because as you can see, things are heading towards a climax. Hmm. But don't worry, in two episodes we get somebody really, really cool. Next episode is like watching the fire slowly burn out. <laughs> hmm. And then we can see how that goes. But yeah. Not so bad as
0: I thought, you know.
1: No, it could have been worse, but it will get worse.
0: Yeah, well. (laughs) Like, it could
1: have been worse. We'll find out how bad it could have gotten in the next episode. Mm, Okay. (laughs) But yeah, so far, the could have done better.
0: But yeah, are you ready to rate him, Serial? Uh, Yeah. I mean, as ready as I'll ever be, so let's do it so our first category is final moments how interesting
1: was his death Uh, we hear nothing it's just he Mm, fades away and leaves a messy succession so presumably died quote unquote prematurely we can assume he didn't die when he expected to yeah we get no suggestion of any murders or anything it's just that he dies doesn't have a clear succession plan shenanigans ensue Hmm. So, eh, I'd say a zero. It's just like yeah, fading the, away. With like we no sadly don't. News. We
0: sadly don't know. So yeah, just there's me. nothing we can do about so, that.
1: Yeah, with a zero and a zero, we get a zero out of ten for final moments. Our next category is battle hardness. How good was he at war and fighting? He had some bits here. So he started off the war against the Romans. He wasn't really declaring war on the Romans. He was just sort of nibbling at the edges. (laughs) Just bothering them, you know. Yeah, just trying to get some vassal kings to change sides, but that didn't really work. He tried to besiege Nisibus a few times, but failed. Without full-on war, you know, just like working on it on the side. Yeah, pretty much. And then he got war declared on him by the Romans... He lost Hmm. Armenia, lost control over Armenia. Again, he didn't really have Armenia, but it went more on the Roman (laughs) side. Yeah, we didn't have it to begin with, so you know. Yeah, it went more Roman. So that wasn't great. Then he had the Civil War of the East. He fought a bit of that. He managed to win one battle, but it was like a half victory because he made that strategic mistake. A lot of his men died, and then he managed to just steal victory from the jaws of defeat, but Hmm. it wasn't a great outcome and based on how everything else works out we can tell that the rebellion was still going at the time because you know he didn't send any soldiers to fight the romans so presumably there was something more important that he was taking care of and again it's unclear if the civil war actually ends it's unclear if there is going to be a new one in the future or if it's just the old one continuing but whatever the case he doesn't end it well enough that he can call it a victory Mm. then when he marches west he takes the kingdom of adiabene Mm -hmm. and kills their king but again it's a tiny vassal kingdom it's not super impressive if you're beating up a child and then when the romans come back he loses most of mesopotamia for a while the romans sack the capital for the third time this century that's not a good record and once they've done that, they go home with a bunch of loot. And yeah, they don't conquer Hatra, but to be fair, they were going to just sack it and leave, so it's not... And Hatra also doesn't survive because Volgases helps them. Volgasis is entirely out of the way, and Hatra just survives on their own by rapidly rebuilding a wall in the night. But that's it. So I feel like Valagasiz did something, but he didn't succeed at much. I'm honestly hovering between a zero and a one because he kind of did win one battle in the east that time, but it was a bad victory. It was just embarrassing, so honestly, I think I'm gonna go for a zero because he just constantly loses yeah we haven't had good. yeah it's just yeah, it... what do you think?
0: yeah, I agree, I know you're doing most of these like. Your own reasoning. But like. I don't really have much to add. <laughs> I think. I agree. Yeah. So.
1: I think with a zero and a zero. He gets a zero out of 20 for battle hardness. Our next category is scheminess. How good was he at plots and manipulations? Uh, didn't do any that we could. T- uh, I mean. There's one bit that's kind of schemy, Where he tried to justify. Taking some of the Roman vassal kingdoms. To the Roman emperor by saying oh no, but they were under the control of your usurper, so I'm technically not taking territory from Rome, it doesn't count. Which is a weak defense, but I guess it is some sort of defense. But other than that, scheminess, there's nothing really he's doing, he's just going ahead.
2: Hmm.
1: You know, I don't even think it's worth the one. That's just weak diplomacy, it's not scheminess. How about you? Do you think it's worth anything, or is it just meh? (laughs) Meh. i don't don't know it's gestures (laughs) you know yes shrugs okay so i i will interpret that gesture as a zero yeah (laughs) so with a zero and a zero he gets a zero out of 20 for scheminess our next category is shock factor how shocking was this man he had a king personally drowned in a river that's something yeah I mean, that's, you know, eh, it's eh. a story. It's a story. It's not a super consistent story, but mm. that's it, really. Yeah. Again, he hasn't given us much to work with. It's we the can sources, give him a one just yeah. because.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to stick it with a one. Find more shocking the fact that like we're missing the sources on purpose.
1: Yes. Soon. Trust me. In two episodes, we find out why. Ah, I see. But, But for now, we need to hold tight. So, I'd say with a 1 and a 1, he gets a 2 out of 20 for shock factor. Our next category is Eren Shine. How good to see for the Empire General and Iran in particular? Eh, not a good job. So, on the upside, Persia and Media haven't broken off the Empire. What's upside? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, Persia and Media haven't broken off the Empire. And the Romans haven't taken Mesopotamia, and he isn't overthrown. On the downside, those are the upsides. (laughs) So, you know. (laughs) On the downside, those were the good news. (laughs) Yeah. On the downside, he has a massive rebellion in Persian media. We haven't had anything this size in that region since the empire started. So, what's going on? Something is clearly wrong. So he loses in in Iran, things are unstable, the empire is crackling. In the west, he loses control of Armenia, hands it over to the Romans. Yes, there's an Arsacid prince, but it's not really helpful. The capital is sacked, 100,000 people are deported from the capital. That's not mentioning the ones that were killed during the sack. That is a lot of people gone from your empire in terrible ways that's not what a ruler should do and then he loses more border regions to the romans where just the border of the euphrates is now well and fully no longer established and he leaves a messy succession for his two sons to fight out i don't think he deserves anything again if he deserves anything it's the empire still exists i guess
0: yeah, like but congratulations, that's... you didn't completely fuck it up.
1: Yeah, the bar is underground. Yes. I think that the bar is in hell at this yeah. point, in the underworld. Considering how well things went under Volgasis the Fourth, how stable the empire was, how clean and nice everything was, Volgassy the Fifth has just thrown it into the trash. And yes, there are no noble rebellions, but he's leaving them in his will by not having a will. So. I feel like there's just a zero. There's just turmoil in the heart of the Empire. We haven't had this ever. The West Mm. is falling. Eh. The succession is gone. You deserve a zero, Valagassis. I am sorry. Mm. You are terrible. Are you matching a zero, or do you find any redeeming qualities? Yeah, no, no, I I agree fully. Yeah. So, yeah, with a zero and a zero, we get a zero out of 20 for Aaron shine. Our next category is Face of Faces. What do you think this man looked like? I will say that at least his portrait is fun. It's another one of those stylized ones, but it has features. Okay, so Serial has finished their drawing. So let me pick it up and I'll describe it to all of you. Yeah, fair enough, I like it. It works. What we have here, dear listeners, is a man. He has a long bushy beard, he has a nice bushy hairdo. He has a diadem and a big poof on the top of his head. And poofs coming out of the sides. Just leaving his ears nice and exposed. And all around him, silhouetting his form, is a bunch of fire. Because everything is on fire. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you've understood, but everything is on fire. Things are not going well. We had one good shot in shot. But Ian, not Everything anymore. is
0: just terrible now. <laughs> yes. I wanted to draw him almost like disappearing or being erased by the flames because, like, we don't know that much. So, yeah, I, yeah, I like that.
1: You can see that he's just fading off into the flames, which is a lot. So, thank you, Serial. If anybody wants to have a look at this drawing, you can go on the Discord if you're a patron, or you can go in the episode notes or our website and search for Serial's portrait gallery. Okay, now let me show Serial what he actually looked like. And if you actually look like this, I'd be terrified, but, you know, stylization.
0: Oh, it's a front-facing <laughs> coin. Yes. Fun. One of the rare ones that are facing the front. Nice. Yeah, it's a very stylized face with a pointy triangular beard and three tufts of, like, either, like, curly and braided hair in, like, buns mm-hmm. or some sort of decoration of the hat that is, like, it has a bunch I've of always pearls. interpreted
1: it as his hair. I don't know if that's the case. But in my head, it's always been hair. Yeah, especially because the poof on top will become a very popular style in the future. Oh, I see. So, so maybe
0: it is. So that could be. But so, like, two sure. layer buns on the sides, and then one <laughs> on top of the head. Yes, correct. Yeah. What are your thoughts? It's funny. Like, I'll give it like a five. It's a cute,
1: you know. Yeah, I'm also again. I would agree. I think a five is fair because it's you know it's interesting, but it's not like I'd write home about it. It's Yes. Okay. So with a five and a five, he gets a 2.5 out of five for face of faces. Our next category is lengthiness. How long do you think this
0: man reigned? Uh, Well, I don't know, because we're missing a lot of information. So maybe like the end of his reign was like a while. Yeah. I'd say 30 years.
1: 30 years? No, you're being too optimistic this time. No. He ruled only for 17 years. Okay, so how's that. the yeah. shortest lived ruler for 1, 2, 3, 4 rulers. The shortest ruling Valigassis, definitely. But yeah, so we ruled from 192 to, get this serial, 209. We've broken into the third century now. Ooh. Let's see if it's a good century yeah. for us or if it's going to be troublesome. Fun. So 17 divided by 10 gives us a 1.7 out of 5 for lengthiness. And that brings us to the final score, which is to say, six point two out of one hundred points, which is a terrible, terrible score, which places him above Philip Aridaeus, just barely, and below Seleucus the Third. Yeah, combination again? of like he's the guy that ruled <laughs> for like a year and just lost. The, the fact War. that we need
0: to be like, who was Seleucus the Third? Yeah. III? yeah. He is in the Zeros club. It's a sad club to be in. There was nothing good in this reign because, like, everything was on fire both because of the ruler and because of other reasons. So, like, it's yes. not like, oh, it wasn't his fault, but or he tried, it was like, I mean, I'm sure he tried, but, yeah, like, but he, he bad made bad job. decisions. The surrounding circumstances were bad. We also didn't have enough sources because they've been erased. So, like, just everything... Uh, yeah. At least it was yeah. a relatively, like, normal-length episode, and not one of those who were, like... Yeah, but. that was right. <laughs> we don't know He anything. is the
1: third worst Arsacid. Below him are Venonis second, who lived a brief and glorious and perfunctory reign. That was hmm. the description. And the third, who was murdered after a couple of years because he was too tyrannical, and that's all we really know about him. So, not flattering company... <laughs> Dear Volagases. But, Serial, that does not mean that we can say, is he. Oh, please
0: spare me. I've already made my opinion clear. Is he bad enough?
1: Is he, oh no, everything's on fire enough to be a Shahan Shah or just a Shahan Nah? I think we could calmly and without any regrets say, this man is Shahan Nah. You suck, Volagases go off into the desert oh, and I mean I don't
0: hate him personally I just you know Eh. yeah it's like okay fine I think he didn't even give me like it wasn't enough for me to have a strong emotion about, about, about him, to about to hate him. him. <laughs> Yes exactly he's just like I would care there. about him too much if I hated him and yes, I don't He is white rice on toast. <laughs>
1: yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> But yeah, sorry, Voligassi's. You can go to find your grandfather. I'm not your grandfather. Your distant relative, Voligassi's the third in the desert, and tell him that. No, it's okay. The empire gets better for a while, but then I make it go worse. Don't worry, it's fine. So yes, there we go. And that is the end of our episode. Thank you all for listening. We hope you had a fun time with our penultimate Volligases, because next week we have Voligassi's the sixth. And he is going to be the start of something new, hmm. the start of something fabulous, the start of something unexpected and aesthetically pleasing. You will is all it? be ready. Yes.
0: I am. Be, oh, I'm excited. you be ready. Yes. It's good stuff. Ah, okay. Good, good, good.
1: Yeah. In the meantime, if you'd like to support us, there are a few ways to do that. You can join us on Patreon, where we have extra episodes. We have the basically history of Athens and three important people. Contemporaries of Mithridates II. We're getting started on the Moria Empire. You can get to vote for a new series if you want. That would be cool, eventually, when the voting comes. Hmm. If instead you'd rather not support monetarily, that's fine, but it would be nice if you could support us by writing a review on your podcast app of choice. You can even just press the stars and give us a nice rating. That also works too. It just lets people know that we exist and the podcast algorithms suggest us to more people, which is always nice. Hmm. And uh, yeah, so without any further ado, I think we can say we hope you have a good week and uh, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.